Welcome to The Broad Pod, just a couple of broads interviewing inspiring women. I'm Becca. And I'm Jackie. Let's get inspired together. Don't forget to stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special surprise for our guest. And thank you to WKWC for allowing us to use their podcast studio. Uh, Sylvia says, ready. She like mixes things up. Anyway, okay. Sort of creepy, like from a horror movie. Ready. Yeah, well, you know. I'm here for you. Okay. <laughs> All right, weirdo. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> Valentine's Day coming up, right? Yeah. We love, um, love, love, yeah. love, love, love. I'm thinking about love, actually. Are you a um, Valentine's Day, like, celebrator? I mean, yeah, like, basic. Like, okay. super basic. Like, oh, you we're going to go to like dinner. Valentine's <laughs> haters. They're oh, like, no, I'm not oh, hater. it's a Hallmark holiday. And yeah. I'm like, I really like that. The only time I did not like Valentine's Day was in, like, high school when, when it was single. always, like, this big comp. Well, no, I had a boy. It's oh. a whole thing. But um, he's gay now because oh. every, anyway. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. Anyway. But, like, it was, like, this big competition, at least at my high school, of, like, who got the biggest floral arrangement and who got the most balloons delivered yeah. and stuff. So I mean, you, didn't like you have to have, like, the secret service to, ins- like, inspect them now. You can't even have that. I was about to say, did they even oh, do that school. No, you are not allowed to even have it. I that's- sort of like, I, I, I I don't want to sound like a killjoy here, but I sort of like that because it just turned into this like the competition, like I'm competition not loved thing. And then there were those people who probably never got anything. You know, yeah. Like, I'll send you. them I a candy you. gram, you know, like a lollipop. <laughs> well, I SGA like or whatever. started like hating Valentine's Day. I like in high school it was my senior year and I was talking to this guy and he sent another girl f- roses <gasps> and she got them. And see, Mm-mm. and I was like, and I didn't know until I was passing through to go to like soccer practice, and mm-hmm. I heard her tell somebody, "I got these from so and so," and I'm like, "Okay." And they happened to be like <laughs> practicing, like it was not spring yet. But they happened to be practicing football, and I like went outside, got in my truck, went to go to practice, and I yelled out my truck window, "I hope you break your collarbone." <laughs> Horrible. Well, guess what? He broke his collarbone. <gasps> not kidding. Note to self: Do not have an angel ever <laughs> wish anything ill upon me because it will happen. Horrible. Day. Oh, I love that. Okay. 
I'm try- I don't know that I've had one worse than that. No, no, mm-hmm. no I don't think so. A for effort? Yeah, no, no, no not a, I don't a even know. A for something. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Oh, well, on. Okay. All right, so uh, I guess you all can tell that that is not our story. That's not our voice, but I guarantee you, it's you really recognize- the voice of an angel. Yeah. Oh, Oh my gosh! Stop you know, it right I now. haven't heard that one. I know, but um, but okay. Listen, well, I always I'm like, oh, who is this voice of an angel? And I'm like, but wait, tonight. Yeah, she does always say that. So, like, literally, I'm it repetitive. Is the that's, voice that's of an angel, Angel Welsh, who I know that listeners are going to recognize her voice already. Oh, sure. Probably already knew who she was when they heard her tell her story, her Valentine's Day horror Should story. I my voice. Hello. Oh, yes. yes. Sultry yeah, Brad Pod. Angel. I've known Angel since I was a little girl. Uh, because she went to school with my brothers. And I remember, uh, I think, I mean, I guess both of my brothers had a party at our house. Uh-huh. And Angel was there. And I thought she was the coolest. I mean, I thought you were the coolest. I guess I should talk to you. You're here. I thought you were the coolest chick ever. I mean, you were there. I can't remember. Like, I was in my bedroom. And, like, everybody was, like, having fun. But, like, you came and you, like, spoke to me. And I was, like, the dorky little sister. And you were so sweet. You came Aww, in there and you were, like, made so, me feel, so nice. like, you made me feel so cool, and I literally remember that till this day. Oh, I love so, that. That's well, a sweet story. My <laughs> mom, I remember you. Told me always to acknowledge people wherever yes. I went, whether it was you know I'm doing the same thing for my kids, like whether it was acknowledging adult parents, like when you go and go to a new friend's house or yeah. their siblings, you meet their family. You don't just show up and become like a figure there. You actually you know, intertwine yourself with the people that are in that house and meet them. And so I kind of, my mom just kind of pushed that on me well, from day one. Well, she did a good job. Yeah. You, she was I mean, a good gal. She still yeah. remembers that. I love that. Oh, that for one. sure. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's awesome. my first memory of you is at my house out on Hillbridge Road in Utica. Yes, and you just, I remember those yes. parties. They were good. <laughs> yes, you yes they were. Because <laughs> most people were like, uh, the, the little oh. sister, go away. And you were so sweet and just... I don't know. You were just so loving towards me, like a, like a big sis to me. So I appreciate I that. that. And Angel is just such a light in our community. Oh, I yeah. feel like she is just, you're full of life. Like, I, And I think everybody knows that about you. And you just have a lot of passion. Like, that's how I view you. Someone that's just so passionate about everything that you do. And you pour yourself into things and people. So we're just so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here and yes. so honored. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Just where you're from, all that good stuff. Obviously, you went to high school here since I talked to my brothers. But anyway, tell us a little bit about yourself. So the short answer to like where I'm from is everywhere. Okay. Um, the long answer to that is I moved around a lot. Okay. A lot of people don't know that. I actually went to 13 different schools before I hit Burns Middle School. No oh way. My gosh. Okay, so yeah, I was I didn't that, know that kid with yeah. a single mom. We went places where she could work. Um, my parents divorced when I was really young. And mm-hmm. so my mom had to go where there was work. And we went and I traveled and I switched schools multiple times and didn't find a true home until I came back here to Owensboro uh, in middle school. And then I was able to go through middle school and high school at Burns and Apollo. And that's kind of where I found my foundation uh, to grow up and kind of I've always called Owensboro home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's this is, you know, where I grew up and what I love. Um about my life as being here because I was kind of all over the place. I lived in Toledo, Ohio. I've lived in Chicago. Uh, I've lived in multiple cities here in Kentucky. And, of course, I grew up with a single mom, and she was the most incredible human being that you could ever meet. She literally, like I was saying about 
what she taught me. She just used life to teach me about who I wanted to be and who I needed to be to be a better person for other people. It wasn't necessarily about me and how I could, you know, launch myself. It was about experiencing life and making other people be better once you left them. And that's just who she was. Mm -hmm. So uh, lots of heartache, lots of craziness, um, you know, in my life. But my mom just prepared me for everything because she was a Christian and she taught me about the Lord really early. Mm -hmm. And so that has been a huge part of my life to bring me, you know, to where I am right now. Of course, I went, like I said, Burns Apollo, then went to Kentucky Wesleyan. But I actually spent two days at Brescia. I, w- I went mm. to Brescia. I like this story. Uh, <laughs> As a Kentucky Wesleyan employee, I like this story. Tell yes. me more, Angel. So I actually got a soccer scholarship to go to Brescia. Oh, wow. And like enrolled, spent two days in classes there. And then their soccer team didn't have enough players my oh. freshman year. Oh, wow. And I was like, I want to play soccer. That's yeah. the whole reason I wanted to go to school right. there. They gave me a scholarship. And so the coach here at Wesleyan found out and he had been my traveling soccer coach through high school and so he got me a scholarship and I got to switch and come to Wesleyan and so I spent my years here at Wesleyan playing soccer and cheering so wow (laughs) that's a that's a full schedule I'm like here I am okay whatever two days in so and it was just a I was one of those that I'm glad I stayed home because I was a mama's girl. And yeah. so yeah. I needed to be close to home. And yeah. here I am. That's so. great. That's yeah, a good that story. Is, that is good. I, like yeah, that I did story. not know that about you, <laughs> yeah. that you moved all over like that. I, know, I thought you were just like Owensboro girl through and through. Yeah. Everybody are, thinks of, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all right. So icebreakers, you want to yes, take them yeah, away? I'm the queen of the icebreaker. All right. <laughs> I'm so. clear my throat. <laughs> Number one question. Um, what has been one of the most influential films and why? Okay, so The Shack. Have you all heard of that? Yes. I, I've seen okay. the book. I have not seen it, yeah. But if, there's a movie, the too? There's a movie. Okay. And have you read the book? No, I haven't read okay. it. Okay, so, and we'll get into this more, I'm sure, as we talk, but The Shack, uh, it, it stars Tim McGraw, and it's about this family. They're super, the mother is super faith-filled, and they have children, and they have all these traditions. The dad is, his faith is really on the line, and one of the traditions that they have is that they take the kids to before school starts every summer to this campsite um, in like the mountains or somewhere. And uh, so happens that the mother doesn't go this particular year. Mm -hmm. And so he takes his two older kids and his five-year-old daughter. Well, they go and, um, they get to the campsite. They're doing all these things at the campsite. And like one of like the second day that they're there, um, the two older kids are out in a canoe and it tips. And the little girl is back at, up at the campsite, like near where they are, kind of real close like we are. And the dad, one of the kids surfaces, the other one doesn't. And oh. so the dad goes in and all the people in the campsite go towards the water. When he comes back out, the little girl's gone. And, of course, they're searching the campsite, thinking that she just wandered off and all these things. Well, they find a ladybug pin on where she was coloring. And they learn that there was um, a serial killer that had been taking children oh, um, in that area. Oh, and it's, it's, it's so it's So they end up 
going on this mission searching for her, and they find this cabin, and they find her clothes Mm -hmm. in the cabin, but they never find her. Well, without telling you the the whole story, so this is, it basically takes his father on a faith journey and Mm -hmm. lets him meet the, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, And, Mm -hmm. and it teaches him about life and forgiveness. Wow. And allows him to forgive the man that killed his daughter, and it. But it wow. just—that's just, that's just a, the gist. But it's—it's it's a very powerful <laughs> story, and I watched it mm-hmm. um, at a very important time in my life, yeah. and I've I read the book multiple times. Yeah. So they for me, me chills. that was. Yeah, I know. I'm it's, like, it's, I need to watch that movie. It's about forgiveness okay. and faith, and that's a huge thing in my life. So yeah. it's—I would suggest it. It, but have a box of te- uh, a oh, box of tears. Yeah. Have a box of tissues. <laughs> You have a box of tears coming up. Yes, you'll have that too. I, I just remember a lot of people talking about the book. I didn't I realize too, that right? they made a movie of it. And yeah. I have, I have them. So if you all want to read we'll it, borrow, I have okay. them. Yes. yes, we're probably more watch the movie type of gals. But that's thank you well, all for the yes. Office. Well, it's on Netflix, so you go okay. home tonight and watch it. I'm just trying to be real. That's what it is. Okay. All right. Number two. Oh, I love honesty. I love it. Um, if you could be the member of any fictional family, which one would you be and why? Okay, so I like I y'all are gonna crack up, <laughs> but the Winslows. Oh, oh yeah, my gosh, yeah, from yeah. The, the Family, family matters. matters. Yes. <laughs> oh my yes, god, did so I do that? I love it. Love the Winslows. <laughs> like they're so real and down to earth, and it's yes. so like something that would happen in your life. But there was, yes. you know, of course, you know those '90s sitcoms. They were there was always always a lesson. Uh-huh. Whether it was like Full House or you know. Fresh Prince of Bel Air or the Winslows, like Family step Matters, by step, there was step like by all, step, yeah. like all those. They they always had a lesson, and they were always about family, mm-hmm. which I loved because I think as the years have passed and we've all gotten older, so many people have gotten away from that type of family setting. And I never grew up in that because I just had my mom yeah. and always wanted something like that. And I. I have that now in my own life. And so when I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, the Winslows were always so fun. And then they had the nerdy neighbor, Steve, and he was always messing up. And I'm like, that's kind of me. And, like, you know, it's just so definitely them because there was always a lesson, but there was always back to kind of the shack. There was always forgiveness. And there was always, like, learning from the stuff that you did or the mm-hmm. things you got yourself into and being taught, like, it's okay to make a mistake. You have to figure out what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. I love that That's too. That's a good answer. <laughs> they, they tackled some like really serious issues. I, I was watching some documentary um, the other day, but they talked about how like they dealt with like racial profiling yes. on that show wow. like, yeah. in a, a really lot. nice, caring way. Yeah. Um, but I, it probably introduced a lot of people who maybe hadn't thought about those things in an in edutainment is what I like to call it. I love Yeah, for sure. All right, excellent answer. Um, all right, if you could only listen to one song on repeat for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? So I'm really <gasps> interested is, to hear this, this answer. Oh, I'm so excited. This yeah, is a good one for you. Y'all, and it may not, but so have you heard of Molly Skaggs and Bethel Music? Oh, uh, it sounds Bethel familiar. Music, I have okay, it, yeah. so it's called Ain't No Grave. Okay. So no. this song, I, I like literally I could yeah. listen to this. I listen to it. It is not a fast song, but I listen to it on my leg days to work out. Okay. Like, I will put it in my ears. It's that big vibe I can, song. I, I like it. I can, like, squat 500 pounds while Molly's singing. <laughs> like, it is. It's, it's, it's like, it starts like, ain't no grave. I'm not a singer. I'm going to hold my body down. It's, yes. a, it's a Christian yep. song. Oh, yeah. Ain't no yeah, grave. Definitely. Yeah. going to hold my body down. And it just church. talks about, like, 
um, no fear and mm-hmm. forgiveness and like all these things. There's a theme here, I guess. But yeah. it's like all this stuff. And it just talks about like how you're going to slay your giants and tackle your mountains. And it's yes. like yeah. literally I listened to it before I came in here. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those songs. But l- type it in. It's a powerful ballad. And it's I'm like. I feel like I could literally do anything in the world after I listen to that song. I'll so definitely that one. Yeah, pretty okay, much. So yeah. I feel like we have to put her on the spot now, though. You have to pick a, uh, that I guess that's Christian music, but you have to pick a country, favorite country song now. Oh, favorite country song. Okay. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Um, I feel oh like we gosh. have to ask you that. Well, so, I mean, this is totally cheesy, but I love... Uh, I love who I am with you. That's my wedding song, and that you know I. Know Wait, who song. is it? Who's Chris it? Young. Oh, okay, okay. And I waited thirty four years for my husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went through all the Mister Wrongs that I could find. I mean, I was hunting for him, yeah. left and right. And <laughs> so that song just just talks about like the person that you are with the person that you're meant to be mm-hmm. with. And we <clears throat> both battled so many things on the road before we found one another. Mm-hmm. And so I love that song because it reminds me of the journeys we took to get to each other. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love, love that. that. Very I cool. like that better than my wedding song. What was yours? Ours was God Bless the Broken Road, which was just so... <laughs> which was so everybody's song. Right? But it's so good. And we just got married a couple years ago, so though. So good. But I know, but it's sort of the same. I'm like, I bet I would like this song better because it sounds like cry. the same point. I still cry at that song, it. so okay. it's fine. All right. Yes. My husband's a big Rascal Flatts fan. Like, oh, I do too. Well, I love them. And then my dad, I'm sorry, this is not about me, but he, my dad then... <laughs> picked he wanted to dance to my wish you know by rascal flats my wish for you and i was like there's too much rascal flats at this wedding where's the justin timberlake like what is happening sorry okay mine was back to you ray lay montaine song and i can't even like my brain is like kind of fried right now but like what is it what is i can't even think of it i would have to sing it but we're not gonna do that right now my favorite song by him is trouble Okay, yeah. But that anyway. that's not what we did too. Although my favorite song. Oh, this is turning into like a singing podcast. Oh, yes. like it. oh no, no, we won't go there. Not singing well, at least I'm not. <laughs> well, you part, all can. But... All right, so I know you have five beautiful children, and four of them are this side of heaven. Yes. And we would love to hear more about them. And if you are comfortable, we would love to honor the memory of your daughter in heaven as well. We'd love to hear all about your children. Okay, so yes, yeah, so five kiddos, um Parker, Catherine in order. Parker, Catherine, Brayden, Tucker, Charlotte. Okay. And I had to yes, I had to you can't see, but I did hang, take my t- my fingers and put them out so I made sure I named them all. Lord yes. Jesus, like gathering them up. Um so Parker has such a special story. Of course, um I had him at a really young age, right? out of college mm-hmm. and I had him 12 weeks early. Oh, wow. So he is, he has got the most awesome story and he doesn't even realize that he's mm-hmm. actually almost 20 years old, know, which I'm like, that. how is he 20 That's and insane. I'm 20? But yeah. um, <laughs> seriously, how does that work? <laughs> he's like, he's just this incredible kid. And we have such a, a journey and story, just the two of us, because my younger or my older kids, we kind of raised each other mm-hmm. um, because I had Parker at 22 and of course, 12 weeks I was finishing, finishing up college. He had to go to St. Mary's for 12 weeks. So like, I didn't even get to hold him when I had him. Oh, wow. they, oh, I, I can't imagine. Like I gave birth, they put him in an incubator and then they rushed him out of the hospital and into an ambulance and rushed him to Evansville. And 
course, uh, at the time I'm just graduating college and I don't have a real job yet. And it's like having to drive, you know, at right, right after having a baby, like, cause I had him early. So I didn't even stay in the hospital. It was like the next yeah. day they're like, okay, blah, blah, blah. Bye girl. <laughs> Here I'm like, and it was, I experienced the worst postpartum depression because mm. I went home without a baby. Yeah. And yeah. so I, it was a horrible struggle for a really long time. And I was, you know, his, his dad and I were not well at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I was dealing with that and having a new baby that I didn't know was even going to live. Wow. He was three pounds when he was born. Oh he was actually gosh. really big. Um, but he was a fighter. And so he was there for three months and then we got Ooh. to bring him home. And, um, he was, he was just, he was just a powerful little boy. And, you know, and then like, I guess he was probably six months old and I got pregnant with Catherine and, um, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm not, I don't have a real job yet. I, it was like all these things. It was a huge whirlwind and, you know, and, she was not born early like him, but she was born about six weeks early. Mm -hmm. um, and we got to keep her uh, for a month and 26 days. Mm -hmm. uh, she had a purpose to fulfill on this earth. And mm -hmm. um, then God called her home mm -hmm. from us. Uh, she was at the babysitter the day that she passed. She just closed her eyes and went to sleep and did not wake up. And, um, that was when I'd always believed in the Lord, but I had gotten away from it all. And I had, you know, like we all do when we're younger, I thought I just knew everything. Mm -hmm. And that was the, that was when I realized I was not in control of anything in my life. And so, um, I did a lot of soul searching and praying that was, I was, I was still at home at this time. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't mention that. And, I got, after she passed, I, I moved out and bought my first home, and um, we moved into our first home together. Um, of course, I'm sure I don't have to say, it's like still not married at this point, mm -hmm. and um, we started our life, and then about three months after she passed, I got pregnant with Brayden. My rainbow, my rainbow baby. Yes. And that child is sunshine and rainbows <laughs> and everything in between. And he's a hot mess. Like he is everything that, because he's the middle child, he's everything that a middle child could be. Like he thinks the world revolves around him. Yeah. That there are no As other children. Should. And like he, if he is, you know, if there, we run out of toilet paper, he has to like call me from his phone to figure out what to do in the bathroom. Like that's Brayden. <laughs> oh and, my you know, gosh. Like, I think the best meme I ever saw was like, you have two children that are the same age and one you would trust to like stay home by themselves and mm -hmm. run the house. And the other one you wouldn't trust to hold an umbrella. That's Parker and Brayden basically. <laughs> um, but that, I love that their personalities are like that because mm -hmm. it's so cool. And, and Brayden, I was, after Catherine, I was so depressed and mm -hmm. he saved me. Yeah. Um, and I've told him that because I think it's so important that he knows even as a baby, it wasn't the mission that he had, but it was, he saved me, mm -hmm. um, because I, I had, you know, he didn't replace her, but I, I just loved him and I, it gave me a baby to, to love and, mm -hmm. and they were actually born 
a year and a week apart. Oh, wow. So wow. she was born on May 12th. He was born on May 19th of the next year. Nice. So, um, but he's just, he's been, and he's kind of been my, my sidekick for his pretty much until, until he turned a teenager and became a brat. <laughs> um, so, but he's an awesome kiddo too. Yeah. And, um, and then of course I have Tucker. Uh, and Tucker is the youngest boy and he thinks he's the only child too. He's my, he's my athlete. Yeah. He's my good at every single thing that he does the first time he tries it, you know, but he's mouthy and, um, (laughs) just, he's just a lot of fun, but he loves his mama and daddy and just, he's just, he is like my most popular kid. Like he attracts we go into like Rash Stadium. Charming. They, you know, he is. <laughs> yeah. like we go into Rash Stadium and you hear a hundred tucks or Tucker. Yeah. You know, and his teachers just love him and he's just he's very smart and yeah. you know, he's just a great kid. And, how old is um, he? He is ten. ten. So okay. Brayton's seventeen, Parker's nineteen, Tuck is ten, and then of course Catherine would be eighteen. Okay. Wow. So stair steps to the top, eight years in between. And then bringing up the rear is the princess herself, yes. Miss Charlotte. Well, with um, a name like Charlotte, like that sounds very. That's a princess. I love the name. That's Charlotte. royalty. That's yeah. royalty. royal. So yes. she was born kind of like right after Princess Charlotte. Oh, um, perfect. So around that time, and uh, she is just, you know, when when we got pregnant with her, everybody was like, "I want a girl." I'm like, oh, "I hope you have a girl." And for me, I'm like. I'm good with a boy because, mm-hmm. you know, I know how You're to boy handle mom. boys. Yeah. Yes. I just know how to handle them. I'm totally fine. Yeah. And, you know, we got a girl and she's the only girl, you know, in both sides of the fame. Like my oh. husband's sister has wow. all, boys, all boys, you know, oh. so and they're all about the same ages as my boys and then all my boys. And so she's smack dab the, the, and she holds her own. Oh, she'd have to. She does. (laughs) But she has a kind heart and she loves animals and she sees things in people that a lot of people don't, other people don't. Like she recognizes struggle and things, even at seven years old. Yeah. And just really loves on people. Mm -hmm. Um, So. She's your mini you, by the way, as you know. She's pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, And by the way, she is the current. Lip sync battle champion for our church at Matthew's table. Oh, shout she out! She won that for New Year's Eve. Yes. Congratulations, so, yes. Charlotte! And she was happy to tell you and show off her big trophy. What did she lip sync to? Um, well, so she wasn't going to do it, and halfway through all the performances, she comes up to me and she's like tugging at me. She's like, "Mom, I think I want to sing tonight." And I'm like, "It's already started." She's like, "But can I sing?" I'm like. What are you going to sing? You haven't practiced anything. Oh, I can sing. I'll, I'll sing, you know, the song I sing in the living room on YouTube. And I'm like, Miranda Lambert's If I Was a Cowboy. And she's like, yeah, that one. That's what she did. And, and she, she brought, she she brought a hype it. man up with her. It was her little friend, Victoria. And Victoria did Spirit Fingers Victoria while Charlotte, Charlotte was singing. Oh, and oh that's where, yes. took the show. So, I yes. love it. Yes. She wasn't even prepared and she no, won. She won. <laughs> I'm like, okay. It's good genes. Oh, I, I love that. <laughs> I love that so it. much. So much. All right. So you have a super fun job. I do. And everybody probably knows that. So tell us how you got into radio. Okay. So, you know, we've talked about my faith. I, I believe that God literally paves everything out for us. And then we don't necessarily realize that the path that we're on. And then suddenly we look back and we're like, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. That Oh, Okay, so I've actually been a part of WBKR for a really long time, not in the sense of working there, but like I've 
So Chad and I met in 2001 when I was Miss Davis County. Mm-hmm. And he was the MC for the He's Miss great. Davis He's County hilarious. pageant. Shout and it out. was the year I was giving my crown up okay. to cool. another winner. And so all the winners, a lot of people don't know this, but every Davis County winner goes to to um, WBKR to record their like farewell speech. Like they're oh. thanks, they're I'm so thankful and blah, blah, oh, cool. blah. You know, and so... I recorded my speech. Well, when I was walking on stage, my speech was six minutes long. I had a lot of people. (laughs) And so Chad sat on the podium with his hand in his face um, (laughs) while I walked back and forth and wore a rut in the Davis County High School stage (laughs) and thanked and cried and took flowers and all these things. And when I got finished, he said, well, good God, she could have walked to Town Square Mall and back after that, you know, and and the whole He's place the went up in laughter and him and I kind of shot him this like look like we do yeah. and we have been friends ever since and then in the jobs that I did worked for the city for 11 years mm-hmm. and worked for the school system I would go and be a guest on the shows mm-hmm. and so cool. we would meet and then the, the different events and things we would both be involved in the community we were always hooking up with one another and being with one another in different things and just hanging out with one another. And when Jacqueline left her show the very day, this is just the craziness. I actually ran, didn't even know she was leaving, ran into her at the TJ Maxx and was talking to her and she was telling me it had been her last day. And I had actually called Chad that day to Ask him if they could donate something to my husband's nonprofit for an auction. And I, he he didn't answer. And I just left him a message. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just called Chad. She's like, girl, he ain't going to answer you. He's at a remote or something. Well, literally, while I'm talking to him or her, my phone rings and it's him. Wow. And he he asks me, he thought I was calling for the job. Yeah. Because it was already posted. Yeah. And I wasn't. And so we get to talking. I tell him what I need. And he's like, while I have you, um... I would really love for you to apply for Jacqueline's job. Of course, Jacqueline's standing right in front of me. And I'm like, yeah. this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, I need to talk to Joe about this, which is my husband. And so we kind of got off the phone and she was like, what did he say? And I'm like, well, he told me that I need to apply for your job. And she's like, oh my God, you totally should. You know, Jacqueline has always been just awesome. And, yeah. you know, and I've loved Jacqueline for years. And so went home and talked to my husband. He was like, you know, it's really funny. He said, I saw that and I was going to tell you you needed to apply. No way. And I'm like, but I don't have any radio experience. And it was just someone else had told him that I had just recently left the job I was in and I was home with my kids. And he was, they were having a conversation about who he needed to get. Uh And so that's how he found out. And it just, I interviewed for the job and I was originally supposed to be the day, the, the midday person. And he decided that he wanted me, wanted me to be his partner. And so here we are. That's awesome. Oh, you're made for radio. Like your oh personality's so big and oh, it's great. And y'all are and you so and good Ted, playing yeah. those videos y'all do, like the little Oh, yeah. Wacky things. Wednesdays. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Those are so good. It's he's like the big brother you never knew you needed and that totally gets on your nerves, but you love more than anything oh, in life. Great. That's yeah. just who he is to me. I just want to travel with Chad. Oh my gosh, I watch everything. Yeah. Oh, I love but, his you know, posts. My whole life people was like, "What's your dream job?" Your job is my dream job. Oh, really? You were living Becca McQueen's dream. I 
love that. You're welcome. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me. I mean, but you, that's what a fun yeah, job. You get to great. meet so many cool people. And yeah. y'all just have such good chemistry with one another. Absolutely. So, yeah. Super fun. She's yeah. getting like a, a tiny taste of it with what we're doing here, but it's not the same. It's not the no, same. same. I have a great partner. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you guys are fabulous. Sure. No, we're, okay. we're not live. Thank you. Um, so speaking of that, so she was saying you have a lot of fun opportunities in radio. What's one of the coolest things you've done or maybe a coolest person you've met? Okay. So coolest. Oh my gosh. So we get to go to Country Cares, um, which is for St. Jude. Country yes. Cares is a huge conference uh, that basically introduces radio to St. Jude and what they do. Okay. Now, a lot of people may not be aware that we host the St. Jude Radiothon for two straight days in February to where we raise money for the children of St. Jude so that no family ever has to pay a dime when they go there. And so we get to go to these conferences in Memphis and they're they're star-studded. So you get wow. to meet, you know, like you're in these dinners, like they have one of these, they have one night, it's called Casino Night. Mm-hmm which is so much fun. Um, the very first year we did a, Chad and I and one other person that was with us did it, an actual, so you play with fake money. Yeah. But then you get, like you go and you get to, if you, the money that you win, you can go buy prizes to auction off at your radiothon. So oh, that, that's, that's the cool. whole point of it. That's you eat and it's super fun. Yeah. And all the like country stars are there, like Darius Rucker and Brantley Gilbert, and like just those are, they are just the like two walking that I can, around and they're playing just the there games? and they're like playing games with us and everything. And so the first year we just they were like, We're gonna run a heist. I'm like, like a real heist? And they're like, Yeah, you have to be the distraction. I'm like, Oh, I oh can totally do this. <laughs> Like one point in the, in the, like the night I was like walking through, I had heels on and a big purse and I tripped and took out like an entire crowd. And like when I did, I was like right next to the blackjack table and Chad is there. And so everybody at the blackjack table goes to rescue me and Chad swipes all the money at the blackjack table and then changes tables. It was like, I'm here for all of it. It was like Ocean's 11 or whatever (laughs) that is. Like we came out of there with like, millions of dollars in fake money. Oh my gosh, I hope they never hear this. And so... No, you were stealing for um, a good cause. That know, makes it okay, yes, right? This is like an ethical dilemma. a whole lot yeah. of money. Yeah. And so, um, it, it was just hilarious things. Like, I was so sitting funny. at the blackjack table and like laughed and like hit it, something and something and it flew everywhere and knocked all the cards down and of course the, the blackjack <laughs> person had so to like bend funny. down and get it and when he did, Chad swipes the money. And so it was like, we laughed for hours That's about that. We still laugh about it so <laughs> just getting I got to meet Carrie Underwood when we oh, wow. let a, a kiddo um that was here in the tri-state he has special needs and he is nonverbal and but he loves loves Carrie Underwood and he reacts when she sings oh. and his mother requested that he meet her and when she came in concert I think it was in 2016 we wrote to her um her publicist or her like her manager and we and we got to take him back to meet her oh, and so cool. that was super awesome that's special so just cool things like that yeah. that we get to do to help other people what yeah. are her legs like in person okay so honestly <laughs> hey angel legs. has amazing legs <laughs> i've never Have looked you? at your legs oh my angel. Gosh. after well, this we will be looking if at I those took legs my pants off, would it be awkward <laughs> i'm um, telling you what her and carrie underwood <laughs> I comparable. Love it. comparable well so to be honest carrie is shorter than i am 
Okay, so and I'm she may be my height. I'm five one. I had no she, idea that she was she's that she's tiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's and little. she her legs are probably half the size of mine. She's when I saw her, because you walk around like a curtain when you get to meet them. Uh-huh. I was actually taken back at how small she actually is. She, I, I was I shocked. Like, like Godzilla she, in Japan yeah, over her she's then. Not, <laughs> I'd have to look for it, but I mean, like, she was itty bitty. I'm like, oh my gosh, she doesn't, that's, that's, it's so deceiving. So yeah. it was like, you think that if celebrities are not tall. Well, no, oh, no. I mean, the, I don't like, I, I no. thought of her as like a average or taller person just because of like Five camera one. angles and camera stuff. Angles, you know yeah. who else is like super t- tinier than you is, uh, Kelly Rippa. Oh, I was, oh, I was yeah. on live with Kelly. I, I mean, I could I could put her in my pocket. Yeah, that's how I mean, Carrie she's is. A pocket person. She's tiny. I did not yes. tell my husband that. Yeah, she's been lusting after this tiny person. You thought she was ten feet yes, tall. She ain't. She's five okay. one. Noted. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's You're cool. Silly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what is some of your favorite things about like your day to day? What's Ah, so I love the fact that our day to day is never the same. Yeah, it's never the same. And we never like we of course we plan a lot of our show because we write. Mm -hmm. We're writers. I love to tell people the best part about it is like I failed freshman English in college and (laughs) I'm now a journalist. Like I really I write for a living. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest part of our job. Yeah, we talk on microphones. That's cool. But I have to physically research and write stories and come up with content. Mm -hmm. We're what they call content creators. Mm -hmm. And so I love that I get to just write uh, and I found a love and a joy in doing that. And we also in writing, like whether it's something I want to write about or something that is in the public that I get to share someone else's story. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. super fun to do that. And I also get to share about my home life and the things that I battle or the things that I've overcome. Those and are my favorite. They get to yeah. help yeah. other people. Yeah. So it, and it's like the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. of what I get to write. So it's super awesome. Well, you know what that I like is. about the WBKR stories on like, you know, I see them on Facebook. Yeah, same. Is that they're written in first person a lot mm-hmm. of the time. And I know that's yeah. that's strange, but I'm like, oh, I'm getting this person's opinion or perspective mm-hmm. on things. Instead yes. of it just feeling like a real... Um, impersonal like news story right you can hear them talking to you yeah Yeah, we and we we literally try to to write stories that are in our wheelhouse right like because it just makes sense to do that like if i find a story that i'm like it doesn't sound like me it sounds more like spencer or barb or chad then i will pass that story along because it's i mean i'm not gonna write it as good as they would right yeah so yeah that makes sense so what's uh the toughest part about your job Oh, gosh. Oh, the <laughs> toughest part about my job is not ever really trying to separate it, like not ever being able to turn it off. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that in an ugly way, but people always expect you to be working. Yeah. Like you're you, I'm like if I'm out, I'm always angel on the radio. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm angel. Like mm-hmm. I'm just angel when I'm mm-hmm. like I I love being able to have an opportunity to be in crowds and to help and to do events. But like me and over the past like 10 years I've evolved into just loving being at home Mm -hmm. because I don't get that opportunity a lot and so it's you know you don't I don't often get the how are your kids it's what are y'all doing in the radio or what are you doing this or you Mm -hmm. know and it's like there is another side you know we are all we're and I don't like I don't want it to sound like oh but we're real people like we are real Mm -hmm. people like I see I still 
find it funny when people are like, aren't you? And I never answer. Yeah. <laughs> like I wait for them to figure it out because yeah. I would never want to assume that they, that's where they know me from yeah. right. because I've done other jobs. I worked yeah. for the city and special events and I've been in the school system and taught and I taught Zumba and did, I've done all these different things. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I like to, you know, like, all right, aren't you that radio girl? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's, there's, more, girl. there's more to you know? her. I mean, you have some celebrity to you. I mean, Yo, I, absolutely. I can see but that. But I don't think yeah. about that, you right. know? But and yeah. so it's my, my husband's like, have, have you got it yet? Like, have you figured it out yet? And I'm just like, I just, I just like being me, yeah. you yeah. know? I just yeah. like, I like it when you're you. If it's if the, like I always say, you know, that there will be there will be some time. I always I told Chad, I'm like I probably I won't retire in radio. There will be a time when I I'm not Angel on the radio anymore, yeah. and I'm okay with being that. Like yeah. I'm okay with just going back to being Angel. Do you, you know? feel like you can? Um, you know, your girl loves a, some sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Like, do you feel like you have to always be like on when you go out in public? Oh, girl, that no. Make sense? Like, can you go to Kroger? Absolutely and, like, not. Some no. Good for so, you. um, I say. That you either get a troll under a bridge or a trophy wife. And I don't have time for the in-between. And I tell my husband that. Like, I'm going to look like I'm asking for riddles for you to pass over my bridge. Or, like, I'm going out on the town for New Year's Eve. There's just not any. In-between is just too much. You know? It's too much work. Yeah. No. Good for you. No. Absolutely. Most days you'll see me in, like. Leggings and, and tennis leggings. shoes. Leggings, oh, yeah. I love leggings. that. Leggings, leggings, leggings honey. <laughs> now, what time do you have to go to bed, and what time do you have to get up? It kind of depends on what we've got going on. Uh-huh. So I get up every morning about four o'clock. Mm-mm. That's impressive. Um, <laughs> nope, impressive. And leave the house anywhere between five fifteen and five twenty. So I get up and I have my time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I pray before I ever step foot out of the bed, and then I have a prayer chair in our upstairs, like area it's what charlotte used to be charlotte's nursery and i sit and i read the word and i have time with god and i haven't always done that but i started it about two years ago and it's been the difference in what my day turns out to be and how i battle the day and so um instead of getting up and rushing through my day i stop Mm -hmm. and acknowledge the lord and then he takes care of the rest of the day um so then i i get through you know, and I go go to the show, and then at night, you know, it's like, it just kind of depends. Uh, sometimes we get, Joe and I don't get to watch a lot of TV. He loves true crime and murders and, <laughs> and all that stuff, but, like, I love, like, the old cop shows, like, Major Crimes and The Closer and CSI, and so yeah. we'll watch those reruns, mm-hmm. and so I'll just, like, a lot of the time, like, to de-stress, we will put the kids to bed, and I'll get in bed, and Usually about nine or nine thirty, I'm okay. out. Um, <laughs> Ten is pushing it, and then I'm a grumpy bear in the morning. <laughs> but because uh, him and I are kind of opposites, he's a night owl, and I'm not, and he mm-hmm. is not a morning person, and I am. So mm-hmm. as soon yeah. as my feet hit the floor, I'm like, "Let's go, let's do it." <laughs> I so, wish I had that. I'm so jealous yeah, of that. I oh, I wish. Well, you know, this oh. is like the I don't know how many we've had several guests who've talked about you know needing to get up 
have and, like, a routine, having their prayer have time, time with God, like, yeah. doing a devotion it's or something. So and I'm like, oh, is this God speaking to me? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. He's like, speaking to both of us. I know. Like, oh, I know. No, I mean, really, that's what it feels Seriously. like. Seriously. Yeah, like, this is our sign. I mean, yes. I get God is literally talking to us through Angel. Well, I call that confirmation. If you've thought it and you hear it from one or more people, that's a confirmation here, you know? I love it. It is so true. And you're so right, because, like, I feel like in the mornings, I'm like, rushing around right now and if oh, I, I would just I mean, like wait a I second sleep until the absolute last minute <laughs> that, that, that mm-hmm. we That's can like get the right baby now. ready and get you know get to <laughs> oh, work oh so. I used to Same. I was cutting it and like coming in on two wheels right as Ron Rhodes was calling on the phone and it was <laughs> like Chad's like you know what time you're supposed to be here? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm here. Let's go. Let's do this. And then I was just disheveled the rest yeah, of the day. For sure. Yeah. So it's just something yeah. that it changed your whole yeah, attitude. It really did. Yeah. It I does. think the point I'm missing is me. like, or the part I'm missing is going to bed at a decent same. hour. Mm-hmm. Same. I'm not there I'm yet. I'm terrible at like scrolling through social media or, you know, like, I just want to do all the things bed, that I couldn't do sleeping. with a 19 month old and right. uh-huh. a five year old. So, so, you know, totally I'm, I'm in that phase at that moment, but it'll get better. Dang it. God is speaking to me through angel. I'm so mad. <laughs> literally, literally one of his work, angels, right? you know, <laughs> speaking to us. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right, so this I'm really excited to hear more about. So you've always had such a giving heart. I know that about you. And you recently have really poured into creating a women's shelter, women and children's shelter, <laughs> yes. right, in the community. So I would love to hear more about that and how and how that was laid on your heart, too. Well, um, so it's, uh, the shelter is called My Sister's Keeper. Mm-hmm. And um, so, honestly, it was laid on my heart in 2020. And it was when people, like, talk to me about the shelter, like, oh, my God, was it your dream to open a homeless shelter? I'm like, no. <laughs> Lord, no. Like, yeah. I didn't need another thing to put on my plate. I, I was maxed out. Mm-hmm. And it is literally something that if you've ever experienced it, the Lord said, this is what you're supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. for six whole months, I pretended like I didn't hear him. (laughs) And if you've ever ignored the Lord and or Jesus and just like... You you can't say no. Like yeah, he will. I, I did not sleep <laughs> for six whole months. I it was so bad. I was in such denial that I thought something was wrong with me. We scheduled me a doctor's appointment and got all these tests run mm-hmm. because I thought something was literally wrong with me. I was waking up in the middle of the night. I was anxious. I was like still completely clueless. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you know, I started about. A month before I said yes, like I started because I would wake up at the exact same time every night. Couldn't go back to sleep. And I, I started, I saw this quote somewhere. It said, if God is waking you up, maybe he is not allowing you to sleep. Maybe it's him telling you that you need to talk. And I'm like, hmm. let's talk, Jesus, because you ain't let me sleep. What do you need? You know, and so <laughs> yeah. I would start praying and then yeah. I would eventually fall back asleep. And then one morning I woke and it was like I sat up in bed and it hit me. And it was like, it was as loud as could be. Why are you not going? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Lord. And I was like, tears are streaming down my face. It was like, okay, Lord, I'll go. I'll go. I hear what you're telling me to do. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't tell anybody um, at first. And, and I prayed about it. And then I told my best friend, Blake Templeton, who is on my board. 
And um, I went, I called her. She works at German American Bank. And I said, I need to talk to you. I've, I'm, we need to meet. I've got to tell you something. And she's like, oh my God, you can't do this to me. And so <laughs> I had to literally go over there within the hour of calling her because that's just how Blake is. And she was like, you've got to tell me I'm dying. And so went in, shut the door to her office, plopped down and said, we're going to open a homeless shelter. Like <laughs> kind of like I'm sitting yes. across from you guys right now. And she was like, okay. Like, <laughs> tell me more. Tell me the more. That's the kind of best friend you need. She yeah. was like, she never said you're crazy or yeah. no. She just said, okay, how are we going to do it? And I'm like, I have no clue. Right. And I just kind of explained to her exactly what I explained to you guys. I'm like, this is, we've got to do this. And I want you to be on this journey with me. And she, she just said, okay. And she's been on the journey every step of the way. And Isn't it's, I didn't know, like, I think people think, oh, you get this profound like idea and then you just know exactly what to do. No, I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know even where to start. But thankfully, I did. Um, You know, I was sleeping with a guy, my husband, um, that had ran um, a local men's homeless shelter for five years. Uh, Yes. So Joe actually was the executive director at St. Benedict's when we met. Mm -hmm. I was a volunteer and he was the director at St. Benedict's and that's how we met and um, met and dated for three months and got engaged and then married a month and a half later. And here we are (laughs) nine years later. So, um, so the thing is, is like, so he was super helpful and the crazy part that some people don't know is he actually told me eight years ago we were sitting at St. Benedict's. He had gotten called in because a volunteer canceled. And he's, I was helping a couple of the guys on the other side of the desk and doing something. I came back and he was like gazing at me and had this look on his face. And I said, why are you looking at me like that? And he said, you're going to open a women's shelter one day. And I was like, hmm, no, I'm not. I don't want to do that. And he said, yeah, you are. He said, that's what you're supposed to do. Well, Joe has prophesied stuff like that before, not hmm. just for me. And, and I mean, like, and I just, I paid it. No, never mind. After yeah. that, like, didn't even think about it. Yeah. And I always knew that I wanted to retire in a nonprofit, but I wanted to like, let somebody tell me what to do. And like, right, just right, right. Be, somebody else's you know, nonprofit. Like, I just want to <laughs> be the worker bee. God was like, yeah, that's not what's happening. We're right. not having you be the worker bee mm. in that sense. And so, I started the journey and I started meeting with people that I knew could help me mm-hmm. and guide me along the uh, oh, the way. And I started praying and I just started listening more to the Lord and trusting him. Mm-hmm. And it was not easy and it's still not easy. Like I say, I've been in the fetal position more than I was when I was in my mother's womb for nine months. <laughs> like I have cried in the fetal position. I have shook my fist at the Lord. I have done all these things and yet he still his provisions are like abounding. Like just, Mm -hmm. he has shown me how big he is over and over in the past two years. Um, And so it's just been this awesome opportunity. I'll I'll say like I shared a quote three days ago. It was like, I asked our listeners, what's your positive quote for, you know, 2023. And I typed mine in and it was, um, Living living a life fearless allows your life to be limitless. As soon as I hit mm. the send button to pop up on Facebook, I was overcome by fear. Like a literal fear that like just debilitated me for a whole five minutes. I couldn't move. I was like tears and like 
people are going to forget about the shelter. Nobody's, truly people, it's been the holidays, but like all these, like what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. And it was like, and then I caught myself five minutes in and I'm like, how, what are you doing? Like how you have seen the things that the Lord's done for you in this journey and you're doubting him. Mm -hmm. But that's what we do is Mm -hmm. we doubt. And so I stopped and I asked for forgiveness and it was like, God was like, okay. And that day, he sent an army out to show me who he was. Like, people were coming out of the woodwork, calling and asking how they could help the shelter, asking me to come speak places. At churches were asking what they could do for my sister's keeper. I had women calling, asking for help. It was just like all these things. And I just, every time I'm like, I see you. I know you hear me. I'm so sorry. Like, and, Mm -hmm. and it was just constant. And my prayer since I started is, Lord, send one every day for two years. Lord, send one. It's one to donate, one to volunteer, one to want to know about our mission, or one to help. And every day in those two years since we started the mission and the journey, he sent one or more yeah, awesome. to say, hey, I'm, I'm listening. I'm here. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I could go on for hours and hours about the shelter. It's but there are so many women and children in our community that are homeless that people don't see. I like to tell people that homeless people don't wear a t-shirt that says I'm homeless. homeless right, they're right. they're everywhere. They're in our, the kids are in our schools with our kids. They're mm-hmm. checking you out at the grocery store or the retail store. They're sitting next to you at church. You may just not recognize them. I go to I I met a homeless woman that is really a huge part of why I want the shelter to open so quickly and in you know it's so urgently because she's been living on the streets for years and I met her at church and when I met her I didn't know she was homeless and after having a conversation with her for a period of time I said well where do you live in Owensboro and she said I live in an abandoned semi-cab on um on 14th street and it and this was right after I had said, yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. I met her in October of 2020. And this was right after I said yes. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I said, God sent you to confirm that this is where I'm supposed to be going. And she didn't get it at the time. But here, her and I are two, or two you know, years later. And we've, you know, she's had her ups and downs and all these things. But she, I always make sure to tell her, like, you are a driving force for me. Like, because I've got to get open because I've got to get you someplace, you know, and, and there are hundreds of her mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. Her name is April, by the way. And she's one of my very dearest friends and my children love her and my family loves her. And, you know, she's, she's been homeless for years, mm-hmm. for years, Wow. you know, so yeah. we got to get open. Yeah. And, and so that's a big part of why we want to do what we want to do, because we don't want to just give them a place to sleep. We want to meet them and figure out why they're where they're at and then walk with them hand in hand to get to a better place. And that better place doesn't look the same for every woman. Yeah. So, because I mean, we're sitting in this room, we don't all look the same. Like that, every, everything, you know, we all have different lives. We all have different desires and different traumas. And Mm -hmm. so we want to get down to exactly what that looks like for each person and then work with it. So what, how long... So you've been working on this for two years. Like, mm-hmm. what is your goal for when it will be open? So we are doing a huge remodel to the building. We bought an old church on 4th Street, mm-hmm. and we gutted the inside of it, and we had to raise the money. 
um, mm-hmm. to do the remodeling. Right, and right. we had to get donations and write grants and do all these things. And so once we got to that point, we started and we're right in the the the, the eye of the storm of the remodel <laughs> um, right now, just hoping we're probably, I would say, eight to ten weeks out, and that's uh, you know, we're not far away. That's yeah, amazing. Um, that's close. We're I not mean. because it's about an eighty thousand dollar remodel. Wow. Oh, wow. And the Lord provided that money. Yeah. That's, you know, it's awesome. like we look at where we are, and there is no other explanation right. than He sent people, He sent money, He sent donations. He's you know, it's he sent people that want to work and do things to help the shelter that have a heart for the shelter or have a heart for women and children. And it's just happening, you know. That's amazing. And, and this was a year ago. We had no money. Yeah. And nothing. You know, we we had a we had a building and we had a building that was bought out from under us three times before the sale wow. went through. Oh Somebody bought the building out from under us three times. And. That I think was part of the faith journey because I was we looked at it and then we sat on it because we didn't have any money, and then I was going to present to my board that this is the building I wanted, and when I went to pull it up to look at pictures, it was pending, uh-huh. and I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? So our very first board meeting, I opened with, well, the homeless shelter is homeless. and and so that's how we started our journey as a whole group and they laughed and I'm like but seriously we are and we got to find a building and so it was it was I just kept praying and finding peace and hearing whatever is meant for you I'll move mountains and knock walls down to give it to you Mm -hmm. so just know that it's done and that's what I've heard this entire journey and literally the group that was supposed to buy the building, they owned tons of property all over Kentucky. And for some reason they could not get our building. Interesting. I wonder why. And so we, we got our building, um, almost uh, a year after I said yes, almost exactly. We got it in October of 2021 and, you know, in October 2020 is when, you know, we kind of said, okay, let's do this. Yeah. That's amazing. That's wonderful. I'm excited for it to get going. Yeah. Okay. So tell us how people can contribute right now, contacting you. What are some, what are your biggest needs? So I always tell people, because I know that the economy is horrible. Prayers are the biggest (laughs) thing because I know like when I, I guess a lot of people expect money. Yeah. We actually, we need money, but prayers are the hugest thing. They're the mightiest thing because God's answering them. So I always say, if you can't do anything but pray, that's huge for us. We Mm -hmm. love that. So pray for us because they're getting answered. And then you know, there are a million things that you can do. We have a website. Um, it's my sister's keeper 270.org. Okay. All of our stuff is my sister's keeper 270. Okay. You can find our Venmo, my sister's keeper 270. You can find our Facebook page, my sister's keeper 270. Cool. Instagram, of course, and our website. And people can donate. Um, we have the biggest way that we've been getting funding is through bed sponsorships okay. and businesses, farmers, farmers have been so huge. The farming community in Davis County. Amazing. Incredible. Like it it brings me to my knees, how generous our farmers are and Mm -hmm. how wonderful they are. Um, 
multiple farmers from our community have bought bed sponsorships. Those bed sponsorships um, allow us to pay for our operational costs and our programming and all Mm -hmm. the things we do for the women and children because grants, you're not allowed to use those for operational costs. Gotcha. They're for specific programming. A lot of people are like, well, you got grants. No, there's like a fine line and very restrictive things that you have to do with those and then report back. And so you have to raise your money. Yeah. And so bed sponsorships, we um, we ask people to come on board and become a bed sponsor and it helps to, to offset all those things. And just um, volunteering when we open, we'll need people to work shifts um, yeah. if it's two hours or five hours, you know, just coming in. They don't have to, to do much, but check the women in and make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be. It's not a. You know, we're doing more work sitting here right now. Like, it's just, uh, you get to, you'll get to be a part of that and, Mm -hmm. or cook meals. We need people to adopt nights Mm -hmm. to cook a meal for the women. And you, you don't even have to serve it. You can drop it off. Mm -hmm. Um, So there, and we have an Amazon wish list of things that we'll need when the shelter opens. So there's, we have our Facebook page and our website that we keep super up to date that tells everybody exactly what our needs are. And then we make sure to thank the people that come alongside of us. And there are so many people and so many things that have been done for us. It's just really cool to go and look at those and get to see that because yeah. it tells our story. What is um what is like the capacity? Going That's to what be? I was going to ask. How many as well. people do you plan? Yeah. Um, so we're we our capacity will be anywhere from sixteen to twenty, uh, awesome. it, depending on like our parking structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we will, you know, we'll be able to take women and, and children. children. Yes. Okay. And then, you know, people look at me like I'm crazy, but my hopes are that the biggest need that we want is that we want to be able to pay. We had someone finance that building for us mm-hmm. to pay the building off because we don't owe, I mean, it's a big chunk, but it's not like a lot of big buildings, you know, mm-hmm. we want to pay that building off. And then I want to use that building to program and to, to help, pay for a larger building so we can serve a larger group Mm -hmm. of women and children not a huge group because I want to be able to individualize the care of each woman and each child so that we can sit down and not like okay well you slept it's time to go like I want to like I said sit down with them and learn who they are and learn what happened and and if we got too big we wouldn't be able to do that so Mm -hmm. but I do have bigger plans and bigger goals and we haven't even opened. And I'm like, and five years from now, yeah. I would like. And people are like, wait, what? Well, that's <laughs> like, why you you're wearing a vision. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, and that's why yeah. you are already where you are. Exactly. That's I what I was going to say. Yeah. You had, Obviously, you, know, you listened <laughs> and you're making it happen. So that's amazing. I'm really excited about that. Well, you know, I said it wasn't my dream and it's not. But God gave me the dream. Mm-hmm. And when he gives you a dream, he's going to provide. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Yeah. It's not like he's going to be like, yeah, I don't. That's not sure that's not what I said um, we're yeah. gonna drop this and we're gonna pivot like no he's gonna provide so yes. just yes. know that if you're listening and you're like what am I supposed to do God will provide he will yes. I promise yeah the key is trusting yeah oh yeah yes all right so Obviously, you are incredibly inspiring to so many people in this community. And I know your mom is a huge inspiration to you. So who are some other women? You can also talk more about your lovely mom, but who are some other women that are inspiring to you? Or what qualities? Like, the the very first quality I think of is just being a fighter. 
like ha- like being the underdog and like people not having any expectations of you or thinking that you can do it and then proving people wrong. Like I love that quality and uh, in, in women we are so that. Like every woman has that in them. Not mm-hmm. just certain women that are hand picked. Like every woman has that quality if they just dig down and find it. Yeah. You know, and usually we don't find it until our backs are against the wall and we don't have another choice. Mm-hmm. Um and I've had to find that several times that way in my life. But um, I I thought about this and, you know, there's probably so many cliche answers, but I'll go back to someone I've already talked about. And that's April. Yeah. Um, Like she's one of the most brave or bravest women that I know because she is nothing and no one. And she's had the worst, like if I sat and told you all her story, like she's had the worst life ever and she still gets up every single day and mm-hmm. goes and she's here. You know, mm-hmm. you've heard that saying, I'm sure like you've tackled 100% of your hardest days. If you're listening to me right now, like mm-hmm. that's April, that's who she is. Like mm-hmm. she may cry, she may struggle, but like always a reminder of that. I'm like, there's nobody that I know that could be you and that mm-hmm. could do what you do and, and, and like conquer what you've conquered. I mean, this is the craziest part. Like during the snowstorm, she was sleeping in an abandoned house and all of her things got stolen. And she oh, managed gosh. to get to me at the radio radio station to let me know she was okay because she didn't have a cell phone. Like th- that's just who she is. Like she messaged me today to say she got a job. She's homeless, but she got a job. Like she went yeah, to get incredible. a job today. Like yeah. She's, she says that she can't do it, but then she does it, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, I wish that she could see who she is, Mm -hmm. you know? I wish that she could see the person that she is. Yeah. Um, my mom was a lot like that. My mom came from nothing and, um, struggled a whole lot. And so she tried to teach us how not to struggle or if we were struggling, what to do. Mm-hmm. So definitely my mom, cause she was just a warrior and she taught me a lot about faith and believing in the Lord and knowing that he would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what, like she would always say, we're going to make it mm-hmm. no matter what was going on in our lives with tears in her eyes. She would say, we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. We're It'll be fine. We're going to make it. And we always did. We always did. And, um, you know, just here in Owensboro, like, we are so blessed Mm -hmm. with inspirational women. Like, women that just, they're like, I'm going to do this. And then they do it. Like, it's not like just a dream and a thought and a vision. It's a like, I'm doing it. And then I do it. Like, Like, you all. And I think of Amanda Owen. I think of Jen Keller. I think of Bridget Reed and Lauren Patton. Like, Allison mm-hmm. Sanders, like Blake, these are like women yes. that are that are so special to me. Jessica Lee, who's the executive director of the women's house, or she's director of the women's house at mm-hmm. Friends of Sinners. Like, I think of all these women that have just paved a path. Cindy Jean and uh, Carol Adkins, like these they they like said i'm gonna do this and then they did it Mm -hmm. and then they turned around and reached for the woman behind them and pulled them along and taught them what to do so that they could do it like that's huge instead of like okay i'm gonna do this look at me look at me look how pretty i am it's no like i'm gonna turn around and i'm gonna help the next person like that's what you're supposed to do as a woman and so many women get caught up in I'm so jealous. Well, look what she's doing. Oh, well, here she goes again. Or th- yeah. like, no, like 
just cheer for them and they're going to turn around and help you. Like, Absolutely. Because you weren't made to do the same thing that she was made to do. God made you for something so special that only you can do that. Somebody right. told me that one time. Like, you were put on this earth for something that only mm-hmm. you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, there is not another soul on the earth that can do the specific thing that God has set aside for you to do. Mm-hmm. It may not be... be even me opening the shelter, it could be something so minute that I never even think about. Like a conversation that I had with somebody that changes their journey that right. then they go and believe in the Lord and change thousands of lives. And I may right. never know about it. Right. Like, yeah. But if people think that way, that changes your process. Mm-hmm. Like your, your, your purpose is so mighty. It's not hers. You're yeah. not her. Stop looking at her test. You can't right. answer her questions. Right. They're not yours. Like, stop it. I like that. Yeah. It's, you're you. So just cheer for the next one and then turn around and help the one after that. And I love that. I mean, it's just what you got to do. Yeah. Yep. You're always about that. Like, just cheering on other women, I feel like. And you're, I'm not a girl's girl. Like, yeah. most people don't realize that. Like, I was raised <laughs> with all brothers. Yeah. Same. Same and here. And I've had a lot of women that weren't nice to me yeah. growing yeah. up. And even as an adult, even more so. And so when God was like, you're going to open a women's shelter, I'm like, what? <laughs> the hell I am? Like, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Like, no, I'm not. I don't like women. And so it was like this big battle forever. Like, I said all that to say, you know, because, but I'm so honest because I've been burned so many times mm-hmm. in my life Yeah. that that's why I say you got to just cheer for each other. Yes. you got to just, you know, yeah. like when you guys ask me to be part of the pop, I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just an honor to just even be thought of because it doesn't matter that I'm on the radio or that I'm known for different things. Like, I don't think of myself that way. Mm-hmm. I just think, I just thought, oh my gosh, how cool to be thought of, you know, like, they thought of me. That's so oh, well, awesome. Of course we thought you of know? you. I, mean, you that way. But I guess yes. it's just, mama always said, be humble. Yeah. You know, I, don't th- I guess because of my crazy personality, people don't think of me as that. But the person that I am, like, off the mic and out of the crowd is, I don't think of me like that. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am. Yeah. You know, I it's it's so easy to play a part and to to be this vibrant person when you need to be, but I just I'm like I'm just me. Like Well, you know, that's been one of the most fun things I yeah. think about this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. When we sat down and thought about like what the the concept was going to be, we talked about the fact that women, we aren't sort of we we are trained to not think of ourselves that way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So we wanted to shine a light mm-hmm. on people who maybe sometimes don't even understand why the light is on them. Is on them. Does that yeah. make sense? And so yeah. it's been yeah. it's been neat Give to like permission have those conversations for them to shine. with people. <laughs> Which leads to our last question. Yes. What are you most proud of about yourself? Just being an overcomer. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. like you all have only gotten like a portion of my story. Mm-hmm. I've had a, the opportunity to give my testimony at multiple conferences mm-hmm. and places like that. And just the things that I've overcome in my life and the cards that have been stacked against me and not like I, people have this thought, like you all thought I'd always been from Owensboro. Well, I'm yeah. not like, yeah. and if you've, if you're not from Owensboro, Owensboro is a great place, but it's hard yes, to it come into. Yes, like it it, it's hard. <laughs> it, it like I'll be yeah. the, I mean, and I'm just Small super transparent about it. Like if you, you're not in within like you know, the Joneses then you ain't like you're just, yeah. and so, 
you have like it's you have to almost some to an extent like make yourself like Mm -hmm. in in, and network and Mm -hmm. put yourself in the positions that you need to be in to do the things that you've got to do in life whatever that is Mm -hmm. whether it was like you know I wanted to work I worked for the city for almost 11 years and that kind of you know gave me the opportunity to do a lot of other things that which all those things are because of the Lord but I had to really overcome a lot of different obstacles to get mm-hmm. to where I was. Plus, being a woman's just hard in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just, just overcoming the things like mm-hmm. the things that I've had to deal with in my life, from loss to you know, I've I've faced all of my worst fears: the death of a child, mm-hmm. you know, the death of my mother. You know, I just lost my father a couple months ago, but my mother was my life yeah. mm-hmm. and losing my mother and my my biggest fear in life is my house burning down or fire but when I went through my divorce um almost 15 years ago that was like my house burning down yeah. you know because I always thought that we were going to be together mm-hmm. and and that was not God's plan mm-hmm. and God sent me to Joel 225 in the Bible and I don't know if you all know that that verse, but for years I thought it was one thing and it was another is I'll restore all the years that the locust stole the lo- all the years that the locust ate. Mm. And I thought, Oh, he's going to restore my marriage and we're going to, it's going to be the <laughs> spectacular Disney thing. No, God gave me my husband, Joe, who loved the Lord above all and set an example and loved my children who weren't his. Mm -hmm. And then God gave us a little girl, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not Catherine, but who loves Catherine and can tell you everything about her and never met her. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe Catherine kissed her cheeks before she sent her down from heaven and said, here you go, go see mom, you know? And, and so like, just being able to overcome all that. People are like, how did you even, and I'm like, I always said, if I lost a child, I would die. Well, no, here I am mm-hmm. 18 years later. And she changed my faith. She taught me who God was, you know, and maybe that was her purpose for a month and 26 days. I don't know. But that's why, I guess I don't want to say like proud. It's more like in awe of like what the Lord has done and how he's molded me over my 40, almost 43 years now, um, just because I thought I was big stuff two years ago and that I was a big, you know, mature Christian and I was a <laughs> baby sucking her thumb. And here I am, like, I'm still, it's like, it's a process and I'll forever be developing into what I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I just had to learn that. Mm-hmm. So just being an overcomer. Yeah. I'm in awe of your resilience. Absolutely, and, and the, yeah. yes. Because you've experienced Fighter for things sure. that some of us would consider our biggest fears. Yeah. And look at you, and look yeah. at the way you're able to impact other people. And to to you know the little bit I've known you or like known of you, the you exude just like joy and happiness and mm-hmm. those kind of things. And, and then I don't think people would know the things that you've you've had to overcome. Right. Well, and I'm so. gonna share. Um, if it's okay with you, I'm gonna share a quote because I had. Someone yesterday, it was a mom that's going through some things I went through when I went through my divorce. And she mm-hmm. said, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And um, I sent her um, a verse that that I've kind of hung on to throughout um, my journey that's helped me 
to, and I know you're probably like, y'all have got to get like, we have to go. Oh, um, you're good. No. no. We'd but love to hear from you. It's it's Second Corinthians um, 1, 3, and 4, and I'm not shopping, so no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, but it says, let me, my computer, my thing. It says, blessed be to God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to turn around and comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort for which we ourselves received from the Lord. Mm. So yes. that's that's what it's all about. It's mm-hmm. We go through these trials. We depend on the Lord. He comforts us. He teaches us how to handle them, what to do, and to rely on Him. And then we're able to turn around, like I said, put our hand out and help somebody else. Amen. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That's well, and I want to thank you real quick. Um, you know, might not even remember this, but when my husband and I were going through our adoption process and fundraising, you and Chad had me on the radio to talk yes! about the Love Everybody yes! Always shirts. And yes, the shirts. It really gave us a big boost in yes. our sales and brought yeah. some attention to that. So I just want to thank you guys about. for doing just, that. Yeah. Just helping people, just mm-hmm. loving on people. Because, yes. I mean, when we started that process, we thought we're never going to be able to, you know, get the money to mm-hmm. be able to do this. And God mm-hmm. provided all these people in the smallest ways mm-hmm. that Absolutely. it ended up in, like, the best possible thing ever. So I just yeah. want to thank you. For yes. That. yes. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank That's you for awesome. everything you're doing in this community. Keep being your spunky little sweet self. Uh, fiery. My mother used to say fire, fiery and feisty. <laughs> You're sweet with a little bit of spice. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm sorry right. about Bless your underwear. heart and tell you to go to hell real fast if I need to. Uh, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thank you so thank much you for being here. Thank you. Angel's longtime friend, Blake Smith Templeton, tells us why she thinks Angel is an inspiration. Angel was one of my first friends when I moved back to Owensboro 12 years ago, and I will forever be grateful that our paths crossed at that time because her friendship has meant the world to me over the years. We've had lots of talks about all kinds of things, but one of the things that inspires me the most about Angel is her desire to be like Ruth from the Bible. You know, God used Ruth's story. She was just an ordinary childless widow um, that had the odds against her and he used her story for such goodness and purpose and I feel like Angel is so much like Ruth from the Bible you know he has used her testimony to show others the grace um, that is so good from him and she always just tries to do the right thing even though it's not popular she is open in sharing her relationship with God to others Um, One of the things that Ruth was definitely in the Bible was brave and her faith never wavered. And I've watched Angel as she has taken on this calling to open the women's shelter, um, go through some of the highest highs and the lowest lows. And she has been unbelievably brave and her faith has never wavered. And I don't think I've ever been so proud of her in my entire life as I've watched her go through this journey the last two years um, when she's faced roadblocks and also gotten so many of victories and um, God's goodness has just played a role in this journey the entire way. So she inspires me every day and I can't wait to see what she's going to um, do from here. Love you, Angel.